Denise sees the fleece. Denise sees the fleas. At least Denise could sneeze and feed and freeze the fleas. Something in a thirty-acre thermal thicket of thorns and thistles thumped and thundered, threatening the three-D thoughts of Matthew the thug, although theatrically it was only the thirteen thousand thistles and thorns through the through the underneath of his thigh that the thirty-year-old thug thought of that morning. Can you a can a can as a canner can can a can? Oh, that's interesting. Can you can a can as a canner can? Can a can? That as a canner can can a can? That one seems easy. Yeah. Can you can a can as a canner can can a can? Yeah, well, you're better at this. Seth at Sainsbury's sells thick socks. Seth at Sainsbury's sells thick, sells thick socks. You messed sells, that one up. Sells thick socks. Eh, failed. You cuss, I cuss. We all cuss for asparagus. <laughs> That one's silly. Super, st- stupid superstition. Say it. Stupid superstition. Oh, you're good. I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. But if you wish the wish the witch wishes, uh, I won't wish the wish you wish to wish. Just the the ones where you say the same word over and over again don't, don't seem that hard. Yeah, well. But they threw the witch in there to But throw it's you fun off. to see how many Say that one fast because the it's witch It's fun to see how many like times you can say it and it still makes grammatical sense. I wish to wish the wish you wish to wish. But if you wish the wish the witch wishes, I won't wish the wish you wish to wish. <laughs> it's just fun. I wish to wish the wish that you wish to wish, but if you wish to wish the wish that the witch wishes, I don't wish the wish. I won't wish. I won't wish to wish the wish. To wish, to wish, to wish, to wish, to wish, to wish. 77 benevolent elephants. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> 77 benevolent elephants. That's what I'm going to say from now on. 77. <laughs> if I ever have to do a microphone check, that is definitely what I'm saying. 77, benele- benefi- 77 benevolent elephants. Elephants. <laughs> Seventy-seven elevate benevolent elephants. El- elevate. Uh, elevate the essence of, of a well-established essence <laughs> <laughs> of an effervescent heligan of a eloquacious elfinden. <laughs> El elfinden. Elfinden. Seventy-seven benevolent elephants. Edible <laughs> arrangements. Ele- edible elegance. Uh, oh man, this is we got to work on this one. It's fun. <laughs> this is like what we were doing on our trip to Southern Utah. Uh huh. Um. Ponyo, 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 fishy in the sea. She's a little fishy from the brown tummy. Brown tummy, tummy, tummy. <laughs> we you, watched it. Do you uh, do you like that song? I love that song. I love that song. I mean, yeah, it's a great song. I, uh, you know what I really like? That's I, that's the best, uh, like of those theme songs, you know, because they, yeah. they all kind of have one. Yeah. I, you know what I really love when a trailer, uh, a movie trailer, will like take a familiar theme that we know and it'll like s- slow it down and make it all dramatic, like right at the end. 
So like, um, like there'll be like a new Harry Potter, and then it'll be like, at the end it'll be like, <laughs> I can't whistle right now. It'll be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're all like, I know what that is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I there's a great um, Disney trailer for Ponyo. And at the end, it does that, but it's not like light and chipper. It's like, it's like very like. Does it go down a half octave or something? <laughs> and you're like, I know what that is. Yeah. And it's yeah. like cool. It's like the more like somber, so, serious yeah, version. Like, yeah. Um. Well, we sure did do it. We watched it. Uh, and it was for a while there. It was really cute, both on screen and off screen. Oh yeah, that's true. Because in case you're not aware, and I don't know why you would be listening if you don't follow watch the Parker Ghibli clan movies. Well, I was gonna say, oh, Ponyo stars a little redheaded bit girl. Oh. And yeah. so does the Parker clans now. The Parker family now stars a little... Eh, kind of maybe blonde, like maybe strawberry blonde it looks like. Yeah, but a little smiley girl. We're not sure. It's coming in the hair. Yeah. We're going to find out. The father's a redhead. Yeah. Our brother, Jared. Mm-hmm. The mother is a light brown. Or so, I would say straight up brown. Yeah, brown. Mm-hmm. So it might land somewhere in the middle I'm hoping for a strawberry blonde. Yeah. So this cute, cute baby. Uh, Who coincidentally is also named Ponyo, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's just a coincidence. That's a pure coincidence. Yeah. They had yeah. never even heard of this movie yeah. when they named her. So our niece, Ponyo, uh, was sitting on the couch with us, mm-hmm. watching with big blue eyes. Yeah. She is... Uh, almost seven months old, and she's just so cute. I took some pictures of her watching. Yeah, we'll show you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put it on. Oh, we'll throw up up on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned that on the podcast, I don't think. Hey, guys, we're on the very exclusive platform, Facebook. Facebook has picked us up. Yeah. We talked to Zuck, the Zuck, and uh, we're like, look, Zuck, we got this podcast that's blown up. Uh, and you gotta, you, you need us on your, on your platform. Hey, and he was like, yeah, man. He was like, yeah, dude. He was like, sign me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all over Facebook. Um, how do you, how do they get to that? Look up the Jibblers on Facebook. Yep. That's, That's it. it. Is it an, is it an open, is that a thing? Like open or closed? How does that work? Anyone? Aaron doesn't know how Facebook works. No, I know, I know generally like terms, but I don't really use Facebook all that much. I never really have. So yeah, it's okay. It's um, it's just a public page. Public. That's the term. Yeah, it's public. Like you don't even need to be signed in to go on that page. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is welcome. Mm-hmm. So we'll put some of those uh, some of those photos of our niece Ponyo. Oh, it's there. so great. The lighting isn't very good, but check check this out and make a sound uh, that uh, expresses okay, how he's cute go, he's this is. Okay, he's about to show it to me. Oh. Oh. 
<laughs> She's watching with rapt attention. That face. Wow. She is really loving it. And I have a little video of her just chewing on her fingers. <laughs> just watching it. So That's intently. like the that face is the face that I'm making watching her. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, this was during the uh okay. I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Um that's during the the scene where Ponyo is like running on the fish. Sounds like? No, that was actually when Ponyo gets uh sucked back in when uh, um what's the what's the boy's name? I I want to say Setsuko, but it's not No, that. it's Sosuke. Sosuke, yeah. When Sosuke accidentally loses his his pet fish back into the ocean. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, earlier. Yeah. Okay. Well, that music sounded like um, the the music when she was running on the fish. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention the music because, man, the music in this one, guys. Guys. Get on it. <laughs> Listen to this music. Get your ears out of your butts <laughs> it and is put really them good. on this music. Joe, he's done it again. Uh-huh. Joe His- Hisaishi. Yeah. Yeah. Ta- tell me Another more about, do you know anything about this guy? Uh, I know that he's bald. Uh-huh. Oh. And he makes great music and he's done I Do you I think there's think a correlation every, there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh because the hair blocks the music from getting into his brain. Oh. So without the hair, he's just like connected great music. Yeah, yeah. Plugged in. Mm-hmm. I think he's done every Miyazaki movie. Oh, oh. Man, um, I'm I'm bad at paying attention to score people. I know and he's music at least stuff. done the main ones like Spirited Away and uh, Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think he's done all of them actually. Mm-hmm. Castle mm-hmm. in the Sky he did definitely. But yeah, I would put this. I would put the score of this movie up with uh, maybe at number one. Yeah, uh, Princess Mononoke is really good too. Maybe that's number one. Maybe it's tied, but yeah, really good. And um, here's a fresh fact for you. Oh, serve it. Uh, the 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 music in that scene where she's running on the uh, on the the fish, mm-hmm. um, it kind of uh, sounds similar to. It's an homage. Yeah, to "Ride of the Valkyries" by Wagner. Ah. And that's on purpose because uh-huh. there are a lot of uh, kind of homages, little things. Her name is Brunhilde, uh-huh. which is from his famous opera mm-hmm. um, of the same name, Ride of the Valkyries. Wagner's. Wagner, yes. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. I think it's just for fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So that's cool. Man, that and if you cool. if you do you know Ride of the Valkyries, what that sounds like? Oh, I probably will recognize it. Oh, you definitely will. I'll just play it real quick. Um, okay. The clapping isn't part of it. Okay. Uh, did Are you sure? Did he write the claps? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can totally hear it. Like, yeah. tell that that was the feeling. Oh, and this it's is such the, a cool... Yeah, this is the feeling that's in that scene. Oh, and it's such a cool feeling. Yeah. Really good. And I tried to Wait, find... Wait, this goes on to go... 
Dun, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I tried to find the the score so I could play the one from the, from Ponyo, but uh-huh. I, I can't. It's not streaming anywhere, so uh, I'd have to buy it. I have it on compact disc. Oh, yeah. 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 I have all the music of Studio Ghibli on compact well, disc. Uh, is it just on compact disc? It's not. You don't have it on your computer? Uh, that's correct. Oh, well, maybe I'll find a way to, to download it or get it somehow, and then I'll put it in right here. Um, so yeah, that's maybe not the best place to start, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just a fun little fact about, about it. Yeah, no. Uh, how are you feeling about it, Scott? Oh, I love it so much. Yeah. It's really cute. It's good. I do you remember seeing it when it came out in theaters? Um, it came out in, uh, the U S the same time, like 2008. Yeah. Or no, actually it came out in the U.S. like ten months after it came out in um, in Japan. It came out in two thousand nine in the U.S. Um, I think that you guys maybe went without me. Did you go like with Brooke or something? I seem to remember being like, "Hey, should we invite Aaron?" No way, dude. He's so lame. And then we went without you. Yeah, the first time I saw it, and uh, I I think you're being sarcastic, but maybe you're not. Uh, <laughs> the first no. time I saw it, <laughs> of course I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> was um like like <laughs> 2 years ago maybe uh uh-huh. so just uh-huh. on DVD well i'm sorry uh, we didn't invite you i don't know who i saw it with actually i do remember i saw it with someone who didn't like it mm wasn't me then when it was over they were like well that was lame and i was like <laughs> and then you, and then you spit on their face yeah yeah and slapped them yeah, because I thought it was great. Yeah. Well, no, I do remember that you you guys, yeah, you uh, tricked me, actually, because I wanted to go, uh-huh. and you told me that I was going with you, um, but you tricked me. You, you, like, had me get in the wrong car, and then that car drove in the opposite direction. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then you had to go see uh, Land Before Time 8. Yeah. With a bunch of smelly people. In a drive-in theater. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That was a good good (laughs) joke. Pretty good one. Good prank, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty good. And then you were all crying and stuff. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, I was crying and they were very smelly. (laughs) They were so smelly. (laughs) And there were so many of them in that small car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What a weird prank, actually. (laughs) <laughs> that I think about it. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this movie is about uh, a water wizard slash scientist mm-hmm. who hates humans mm-hmm. and uh, loves a big ocean lady mm-hmm. named Grand Mammary. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you pronounce it? 
I think I think it's Grand a- Grandmama Ray. Grand Mamar. Grand Mamar. Yeah. And then there's an E at the but end. But it is kind of spelled like Grand Memory, yeah. <laughs> she did have some grand memories. <laughs> she did. They were very large. I mean, they were proportional to the rest of her body. Though. That's true. She herself is a large goddess. She's a grand lady. Yeah. Um, did, she, did they say her name at all? In the, I don't remember hearing it. I don't it. think they said her name, but it's in the credits as Grand Mamar. Mamar. Said it in my head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and his name is Fujimoto? Fujimoto, yeah. Yeah, Fujimoto. Uh, and yeah, he's played by Liam Neeson, and um, I think that I think Liam Neeson is typecast um, as uh, a, a dad who loses his daughter. Uh huh. Yeah, because uh, that's what happens in this movie too. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so Liam Neeson loses his daughter, and he thinks that someone kidnapped her. Um, his daughter is like a little fish. And he's a method girl. actor, so in real life, he actually like made sure that he, he lost his daughter. He loses a daughter for every movie he makes. Yeah. It's really sad, but you know. Yeah. He's committed to his craft. <laughs> he's so committed. America's finest actor. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I like your summary so far. And uh so Ponyo whose name whose given name is Brunhilda. Mm-hmm. Um she is, I guess, like the oldest of all these other little ponyos mm-hmm. um, and the most developed yeah. magically and developmentally. The the rest, like none of them talk. They're all kind of and she's the biggest even at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she kind of escapes because she is adventurous and mm-hmm. curious. Yeah. And she escapes while they're out uh, doing a, fan, a family errand, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. And she gets trapped in a bottle and and swept to shore where she meets Sosuke, uh-huh. little boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they fall in love right away. Mm-hmm. She drinks his blood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, young love. Yeah, she she drinks his blood. Um, he takes her to school. She eats his ham. He eats his ham. She loves ham. Uh, he thinks she's just like a little goldfish. She he shows her to people. They're like, "Oh, goldfish." The one of the the only person that seems to have noticed that it's a strange goldfish is the kind of grumpy lady at the yeah. retirement home where where his mom works. Yeah, uh, and she is freaked out by Ponyo and is like, "That fish has a face." Mm-hmm. And she says, "What does she say? Do you remember?" This is gonna bring a tsunami. Yeah, they. She's like, they say if if. Anyone, if you get a, what does she say? Like if, if you, you get fish face, if tsunami you, coming. If you get a fish with a face out of the ocean, then tsunami is gonna come. <laughs> and um, uh, then. Hey, you want me to? Yeah, take it over. Take take it I, away. I'm, I'm I'm so tired. <laughs> no, why are you so tired? It's just there was so much talking. Oh yeah, well, you did a great job. Thanks. I'm going to rest for a little bit. You take over. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Do you want me to take over? Yeah. Take, <laughs> I, take it. Take it away, Aaron. Okay. Take it back. Okay. I can't Fuji- remember his Fujimoto. dang name. The boy's name. So- Sosuke. Sosuke. Fujimoto. Lisa. He's Ponyo. Sosuke. <laughs> I have to have a thing to remember. 
He's so scary. Yeah. Okay. It's like ska, but a different pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's way because he sky. blew on those pipes, which is like blowing on a trumpet. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, he's, he's like so from sky. he's like from Orange County mm-hmm. from the nineties. That's guy. Yeah, so guy. That's how South Park would say it. That's guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to take it over? <laughs> All right, I, I'll pretty... I'll take it back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank. Thanks though. Sosuke loses her in yeah. ocean. Mm-hmm. And... Fujimoto sent wave golems. Uh huh. Yep. Fujimoto send wave golems, and they suck her back into that ocean. Mm-hmm. Then, she, uh, she uh, Fujimoto is like, "You don't know what you're doing. You don't want to be a human. You're gonna lose your magic." And she's like, "I don't care." Mm-hmm. And she un- and he's like, he's like, "Your name's Brunhil- Brunhilda," and she's like, "No, it's not. It's Ponyo. Ponyo loves Sosuke. Sosuke, yeah, because Sosuke named her Ponyo." Mm-hmm. which is like an onomatopoeia that Miyazaki invented because he said it sounded like sloshing, gushy, slurpy ocean sounds, which it kind of does. It's like, Man, you know what? The uh, the Japanese, they are on another level with their onomatopoeias. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Did you know that? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. I think we might have talked about this in um, My Neighbor Totoro, maybe. Oh. Well, the I, onomatopoeia game, they mm-hmm. have like like a bunch of onomatopoeias that, like we have one for frog. They uh. might have like three. <coughs> I know they have a lot for rain. They have like all the different types of rain. They have oh. like sprinkling. They have like tickle, tickle, tickle. And then they have like big plops or like yeah. plunk, plunk, plunk or whatever. Yeah. They have like a, a lot. Do, do we even have one? For rain, for rain, like a, a set one. Yeah, no, no. What are our what are our onomatopoeias? We have like, ch- uh, chickens go. Ca- chickens go, go cluck, or cockadoodle or like a <laughs> They go like, chica, chica, chica. That's not one. <laughs> Frogs go ribbit. Oh, rain goes pitter patter. Pitter patter. Does it go pitter patter? Little feet can go pitter patter too. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, pitter patter is kind of general. Yeah, yeah, we we see our our onomatopoeia game in English is so lame. It's so what's the word impoverished? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that must. I think it's a much bigger thing in Japanese. I don't know anything about Japanese language and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well. That's kind of disingenuous. I know some things. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is something that I think I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that they have uh, a lot of automatopias. Yeah. So Ponyo. Ponyo. Uh, yeah. So Ponyo is like, no, I want to be a human. And she turns herself into a human using her magic. And uh, she, in the process... She just unleashes all manner of chaos down there in the in the ocean. Yeah, she's so powerful. She, she kind of accidentally opens up this well of power. Yeah, one of the main things that the sorcerer Fujimoto, her father, does is keeps the ocean uh, or the world kind of in balance, or is mm-hmm. it just ocean? Ocean and land, maybe. Yeah, the yeah. ocean land, like in balance, and it seems like it's a hard job, and he has to like. You know, come up. Have he has like all these potions, and he has to like do things to like keep it all in balance, and it's kind of delicate. And 
Ponyo is so cool because I think she's such a cool, interesting, like, character creature because she's so innocent and she's so naive and she's so powerful, mm-hmm. you know? And she's just down there. She turns herself into a human and she causes all manner of chaos down there and whirlpools and she, unle- she like there's this magical well that like keeps it, you know, in balance and she like floods the well and then all these creatures turn into huge fish and then and propel her, you know, up into the sky and then she's causing this and then it's like this whole tsunami and the and the moon I, I gets a, big. I have a question about Fujimoto's role. Uh-huh. He um is he doesn't like humans. Yeah. And he wants to destroy all humans? I don't think he wants to destroy all humans. He's just resentful of them. He's just... uh, He doesn't want to destroy them because when he's keeping the ocean in balance, he says, if this well ever goes over, then it'll destroy all the humans. But he does say that with a little bit of delight. Yeah, like he's waiting for it. But I get the sense that he's not really in charge of that. He's just... Maybe it's like this. I don't know. It wasn't quite clear. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's doing his job, keeping everything in balance, and a byproduct of that is like these very strong elixirs Mm -hmm. that he's pouring into the well. Yeah. Right? Right. And so he says, like, once it gets full, then a new age will begin of, like, ocean dominance or something. Right. And Ponyo, whoops, accidentally ushers in this new age. But the, the well's not full, so she ushers in, like, a kind of... Like she unleashes what what power is there in the well, but it's not uh-huh. a full well. Yeah. May- oh, that's a good point. It's like maybe that's eighth- why it doesn't kill all the humans. Yeah. It's yeah. like a it's like a sixteenth of the well. Yeah. Interesting. But not nonetheless, or regardless, or irregardless, as some people say, mm-hmm. um, it, it does kind of usher in this new Cambrian age. Which he meant, which he mentions, like a mini one. Yeah, like a mini Cambrian age, where where it's like all these primordial, you know, sea creatures, Mm -hmm. possibly localized to that Japanese town, but maybe bigger. It doesn't really. Maybe the world. Yeah, unclear. Who knows? But uh, anyway, unleashes this thing, and she goes back to Sosuke, Mm -hmm. and they have a gay old time. Yeah. And they eat ramen, and she eats ham. And then her mom goes to check on the senior people that she cares for because it's crazy, and it's a tsunami, and it's flooding everywhere. And so she leaves Sosuke in charge, and then it just gets crazy flooded, and they're like, hope mom's okay. And they go out looking for mom, and then turns out mom had been uh, had been taken aside by Ponyo's mother, who is Queen of Sea. Mm-hmm. Grand Mamory. Sea goddess. Yes, Grand Mamory. And uh, who's been basically telling her, look, here's the thing. Ponyo is my daughter. She's a fish. She wants to be a human. And I've decided I'm going to let her if she has someone to love her. And Sosuke, I think, has it in him. And we're just going to do a little testeroo. And if he does, in fact, love her, then she's going to lose her magic and she, and, it, and she's going to be a human forever. And uh, if he we'll doesn't restore the balance. If, if he doesn't, she's going to turn into sea foam, mm-hmm. which we all turn into eventually anyway. But that'll be sad. Um, but anyway, and, and, and so uh, they find her and 
Ponyo and Sosuke find them, and the the test turns out the test is they ask him if he loves her. Yeah, and he says, "Sure do." He says, "I love all the Ponyos." Yeah, and then he passed, and then they kiss, and then balance is restored, and Ponyo turns into a human, and loses her powers, and that's the end. Mm-hmm. So. That last part with the test. Uh-huh. Th- does that seem a little bit weak to you? Like the weakest part of the plot? Here's what seems a little weak is the last like quarter of the movie, there's no conflict. There's no... There are high stakes. Mm-hmm. The stakes are the whole world, you know? Yeah. Like being out of balance or in balance. But there's there doesn't really feel like there's a risk that Sosuke is gonna not pass the test. Mm-hmm. There's th- there's nothing really opposing him. At the very end, the only thing that opposes him is he thinks he his doesn't mom is trust dead. Fujimoto. At, and before that, he has a brief moment where he finds his mom's car and it's abandoned, and he thinks right. that his mom is dead. Yeah. But both of those things are very quickly and easily overturned. And then he just says, yeah, I love her. And uh, so even the test isn't very hard. Yeah. I guess part of the test is um, Grand Memar says, uh, Ponyo is a fish. And are you okay with, do you love her even though she's sometimes fish, sometimes human? And he says, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Which... It seems like there could not be any other outcome if you ask a five-year-old if he loves a fish girl. Yeah. yeah. Like, the the five-year-old is always going to say yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but I have If a... it were an older person, like if she asked the mom mm-hmm. if she would adopt Ponyo, mm-hmm. there might be more conflict there because the mom might be like, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I just met this girl, you know? Right. But here's what I think. I think this film has a th- a theme and that theme is very interesting it's um young this young innocent creature person mm-hmm. who has immense powers and the per- parent is worried that she's going to misuse those powers and it's going to change everything. And so most of the tension is kind of from the perspective of the father. Fujimoto. Yeah, Fujimoto, who is just afraid, you know, probably till the end, till the end Mm -hmm. that she is making a big mistake. She doesn't know what she's doing. She has powers beyond what she can really be responsible for. But is he afraid that... Uh, if she runs away, like, that no one will be there for her? Is that also part of it, do you think? Yeah, I think so. He, yeah, he's afraid of her he powers. He's also her. afraid that she'll, you know, fall in love with someone who will mistreat her. So basically, it's a metaphor for sexual awakening mm-hmm. of a girl who's going through puberty and the feelings about that of the father. You know, and there's like themes about that with blood and like the moon which has cycles oh yeah yeah some you know real imagery saying? right there yeah. yeah and it's really true like if you think about a 13 year old girl like if you're a father of a 13 year old girl it's like this girl physically 
physiologically has the power to have a freaking baby. Yeah. Which would change in their world. It would change everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like in their family world, it's equivalent to changing the whole balance of the everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a huge deal. And so it's like the parent is worried that they aren't going to use that power correctly and also worried that they're going to be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're going to, someone's going to make sweet, sweet promises to them that they can't keep. And they're, because they're young and naive, you know, the father has to protect her and uh, from that and basically say, you know, the fa- fathers in that situation are in this unfortunate position where they have to be the ones who are saying, don't follow your heart. Do not follow your heart. Whatever you do, don't follow your heart, mm-hmm. which you can kind of understand, you know. But luckily for Ponyo and Sosuke, their hearts are pure and they know what they're doing and they can handle it and they end up using their powers for good. Yeah. Um, but you can understand... Yeah, thinking about it from that point of view, you can totally understand Fujimoto's yeah. perspective. He's like, you know, yeah, she's this super powerful little girl that can upset the whole balance of the world, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, and what, I'm going to let her just go hang out with this little boy that doesn't know anything? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's going <laughs> to, he's just a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and from that perspective, like, the tension, it, if you identify with, the father, then there is tension through the end of the film. But see, it doesn't feel that way because we see the father as somehow the antagonist, and so that discourages us from identifying with him, mm-hmm. which makes it seem kind of tensionless at, yeah. the, at the end part. Yeah, you do kind of feel like he is in the wrong the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been better. Also, it's it's not quite the the parallels between like a young woman coming of age Mm -hmm. kind of fall apart near the end because if that is the worry that Mm -hmm. she's gonna if he lets her go off with this little boy Mm -hmm. then her powers are going to be misused um then uh, once once he passes the test her powers are nullified like she loses her powers yeah which so that doesn't quite match up but right yeah that's interesting because it, it, if if it were fully matching up it would be well, she once gets he passes the test <laughs> right uh yeah she gets an what's that called an iud yeah an iud yeah um if it if it matched up it would be like she passes the test and and they have to be responsible together uh-huh, and uh-huh. not unleash the moon sea craziness. Yeah, I th- still something. I still think it well, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, when a young woman or at least wait until they're older and yeah. he has a job when to it, release the the moon sea craziness. Right, right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hmm. When, you know, if if a young girl or a young girl, young boy for that matter, comes of age, there's a lot of, it's like taming the the magic. And so um, her magic still did enable her to become a human. Uh, Anyway, that's a good point. But it's still, I still think the theme holds. Mm -hmm. Like maybe she has learned, you know, to yeah be responsible or something 
but also there's just the theme there's just the kind of more general theme of a father um like letting his daughter go off and get married with someone Mm -hmm. sort of thing yeah yeah you know he's just worried about that because she's you know moving on with her life Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah um what would you think about a ponyo 2 I was thinking about this while we were watching. I was thinking that that I might want to see, like, adult Ponyo. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, mean, Studio Ghibli never does sequels, so it's not going to happen. But I think if out of all the Miyazaki movies, Mm -hmm. I think that I would like to see a sequel from this one the most. Uh Uh-huh. Well, did you hear that Miyazaki was planning on doing a Ponyo 2? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that he was planning on doing a Ponyo too, but Toshio Suzuki convinced him to do The Wind Rises instead. Mm-hmm. But there were plans in the works. Do you know anything about about those plans? What was it going to be? No. About adult Ponyo or I don't teenage know, Ponyo? I don't know. Because that's just so interesting. Like, like she's just going to be a regular girl now and she has to learn about the world and stuff uh-huh. but she's probably going to have like some co- connections to the sea and maybe fujimoto comes into it again and probably her sisters probably her s- oh yeah yeah oh her yeah. sisters probably like a few of her sisters want to become human too uh-huh yeah let's write it yeah all right let's do it <laughs> I think, but out of all of the Studio Ghibli, I'll let's just it. say all Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah, which one would you want to see a sequel to the most? This or, or a different one? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, if you only had one, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to choose one. What do you think would be the best one? I mean, why wouldn't you just pick your favorite? Which is for you right now, Princess Mononoke. As we stand, it's Princess Mononoke number one. This is number two, right? That's what you said before. Or has it dropped? Yes, that is correct. Ponyo is my second favorite Studio Ghibli film. Although, you know, Princess Mononoke wouldn't there there wouldn't be a good sequel. Yeah, I think Princess Mononoke wraps like it. Was, I think that would be the worst one to do a sequel for. Yeah, yeah. It's such a grand narrative, and it wraps up so completely at the end. You know. Yeah, and you could not do a Spirited Away sequel. No, that would make no no sense. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a spinoff with No Face and the Grandma. Oh yeah, That'd be cool. <laughs> maybe a TV show. Uh huh. <laughs> An episodic, just no face and grandma. Now you're just gabbing chuckles, <laughs> just chucking them away. Uh huh. Uh no, I would. Yeah, I think Ponyo. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely do one with Porco Rosso. Well, I was thinking also Porco could be a whole series. Yeah, Porco could be a, a series. series of adventures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Porco, I think, would make the best TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was thinking it, maybe another one that would have a good sequel, and we talked about this, was... Um, what's it called with the young writer girl? Whispers of the Heart. Whispers of the Heart, yeah. Yeah. Well, but that one did have a spinoff. It had a spinoff, but not a sequel. I, I was thinking of like them as oh, like yeah. in your like maybe he's in Europe and she's there too and something. But that would be good. That would be pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it would be very Studio Ghibli ish. What I'm imagining is more like uh, more like a live action movie, <laughs> right? 
kind of a more serious... kind of like a Richard Linklater yeah. joint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's actually what I was thinking of. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, Ponyo. Ponyo 2, coming to theaters near you, near you sometime soon. Yeah. What do you... Grab uh, a spoon, shoot for the moon. And better do it soon. <laughs> oh, I guess you already said soon. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, don't be a loon, Scott. I already said soon. Don't. What are you, a big, a big old goon? <laughs> Lagoon rhymes with those things. And I thought of it. Oh, good job. Thanks. <laughs> what did you think about how this movie looks? Oh, bless my heart. <laughs> okay. I bless your heart. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Enough said about that. <laughs> no, it was so good. The The way he animated the water was really crazy and kooky. It's an homage to that famous Japanese painting where the wa- where the waves are going like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? It's called I think it's called The Waves Are Going Like That. Uh I I know I know the name of it and the artist, but it's in my brain somewhere. So I guess I maybe I that means I don't know it. Uh-huh. No, I know it. It's in there. I think it's called Claw Waves of Japan. I think it's just called Wave uh. by like Hokusai or something. Oh, that sounds close to right. Okay, you you vamp for a little bit. I'm gonna grab my phone. Okay. Um, I thought it was my fa. I think maybe my favorite looking Studio Ghibli film. I think the aesthetic was my favorite. It looks very. Um, Guess what's got what straight up. I am the best. It's called? It's called, well, it's called The Great Wave Off Kanagawa, but it's by Hokusai. Uh-huh. Man, are you, wait a second, are you smart? I'm smart about art stuff sometimes. Whoa. Yeah. I've taken, because I've jumped around to so many colleges and done so many generals, I've taken three art history classes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with your life, man? Uh, I don't know. You should put that on your resume, though. I'm smart about art stuff sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I can get half of an art thing correct. <laughs> like the artist I'll know, but um I I I don't I don't know if it's my favorite maybe out of all we've out of all the movies we've seen so far I will say yeah, I think it was my favorite animation. It's the most the colors are the most Crayola. Mhm. And I love it. I have it as the back. I just made it the background of my phone screen. And I I thought all the underwater stuff was really cool. The way everything kind of floated around was really nicely animated. Yeah. Um, I liked the... I liked the way that, like, sometimes the animation would get kind of cartoony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, for example, when she was unleashing all of the all the magic from the well Mm -hmm. and it was really chaotic. It started to get simpler and simpler and simpler and more cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes kind of like impressionistic. Yeah. You know, like when she's in the well place and it's all yellow Mm -hmm. and, but even just aside from like the color, the colors and stuff like the uh, character design is just so unique, especially the design of Ponyo. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, her little her little like uh, claw feet uh-huh. and claw hands. Uh huh. It's like fish don't even have that. Yeah, and when she's in fish form, she's yeah. just so weird looking, but in just such a creative way. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We'll see though. We'll see once um What's your Princess Kaguya comes around if that dethrones oh, yeah. it. Yeah. True that, dude. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite so far aesthetically? Uh of the movies? Yeah. Of these movies. Yeah. The Studio Ghibli. No, our home movies. You dinkus. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. What is it? What would it be? Aesthetically? Yeah. Mm. Aesthetically. Maybe, I think Spirited Away. Spirited Away has yeah. some good aesthetics. Yeah, it does. Just the whole world and everything. And... and yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a tie for animation between these two, too, because Spirited Away just has such good animation. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah it does. Ugh. Think about it, Scott. Mm. Ugh. And it has different animation. It's yeah. kind of more gritty. Yeah. This is this is very Crayola. It's very light. Yeah. And it's a kid's movie. Yeah, it's definitely more of a kid's movie. Although I heard that Miyazaki was surprised that the kids in the in like the first screening he did with kids yeah. they didn't like it as much as he hoped <laughs> yeah do you think that that's uh that that's just a one off weird kind of audience or or do you think kids wouldn't re- i mean we watched it with a baby and she yeah. was she loved it until she went upstairs yeah she loved it but um kids do you think that they would like this i don't know what kids like <laughs> Yeah, because I would think that they would like this. Yeah. And it did well in the box office. Yeah, you think, you know, you think that kids uh, just like flashy things that and dumb things and and slapstick humor that keeps their attention. But then what the heck is Mr. Rogers doing? Or Rafi. We're just watching some Rafi vids because we're... We're just surrounded by babies right now. Nerds, yeah. We're baby nerds right now. Yeah. And uh, he's just a guy in a dumb sweater and a guitar. Yeah. And he can keep these kids' attention mm-hmm. by saying, uh, an ant uh, wearing, wearing a plant, a plant <laughs> down by the bay. Yeah. It's really adorable. And he has such a, like a, like a avuncular energy. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, what is it about Mr. Rogers that holds kids' attention? We're gonna really unlock the uh child's a, a child's psyche yeah. in this episode. We're gonna dive deep yeah. and figure it out. 'Cause there there is something about the language that Mr. Rogers uses. Totally. Yeah. That communicates really well to kids. Yeah. I give up. <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> Yeah, I think kids probably like this movie. I think it was just maybe a weird test audience. I think those kids were stupid. Yeah, maybe they're all stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it was. Because it did like what it did like two hundred million worldwide or something. Yeah, in total, which f- for two thousand eight nine, that's yeah. that's really good. Yeah, that was really good. But don't you think it was just a bunch of film nerds watching it? Um, in the states. Yeah. yeah, it didn't do too well in the States, I guess. It did, like, maybe, like, I think I read 15 million or something, mm-hmm. which, 
Yeah. Um, speaking of the aesthetic, they, uh, you know, Studio Ghibli had been using kind of more and more uh, CGI stuff, and uh, for this one, they wanted to go back to basics, mm-hmm. and they just hand drew everything, and it had yeah. This is the first since uh, what? Spirited? My neighbor Totoro, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh Spirited Away definitely had some CGI in there. Yeah. Oh, this is the first since Totoro that was a hundred percent cell like animation cell. Yep. True. And it yeah. had and it has the most drawings of any Studio Ghibli film mm-hmm. to that point. One hundred seventy thousand. I believe that because there's a lot of like movement and like lots going on in a mm-hmm. lot of the scenes. The one of the reasons this is my second favorite Studio Ghibli film. The world creating is just so cool. Um, it's the character design is cool, as I said, and it's just so magical. The way everything is animated, is so magical. The music is so wonderful and magical, but also it feels so human. The human moments are so human. And I love the character of Sosuke's mom, mm-hmm. L- Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Uh, voiced by Which is, Tina Fey. It's it's interesting that her name's Lisa, even in the Japanese version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the dynamic with the father. Um, and, yeah, the, the mother character is so interesting. She's, like, spunky and fiery and brave. You know, and a then a little bit reckless, a little bit reckless, and but she just um, believes Sosuke when when they see Ponyo and Sosuke is like, "This is the fish, mm-hmm. the the fish that I had is turned into a girl." Well, I mean, wouldn't you though? Like, where else would this little girl have come from? You know. That knows Sosuke and... Right. This girl kind of just emerges from the ocean. Yeah. So that's a good point. But I think it's just so fun, like, the way she says, like, well, life is a magical... What does she say? The, she the, says, she says, life is a mystery or something like life that. Is, life is a... Yeah, is a mystery or something. And she just kind of rolls with it. By the way, this script was written by... The English version was written by Melissa Matheson, who penned the likes of The Black Stallion, classic. Don't know about that. Film. You have never seen The Black Stallion? I don't think so. Classic uh, film. Kids movie. Mm. Really, really good. And she also penned the likes of E.T. Ever heard of it? Oh, really? Yeah. She's the writer? She wrote it. Whoa. And she wrote this. Oh, my gosh. The English, you the know, English ad- translation, adapted the yeah. English translation. which, which are we were watching it with uh, f- with family, and our dad commented that it was very well written. Yeah, our dad is a linguist, and I th- I feel like he's attuned to bad translations or translations that feel clunky or they feel like they they don't capture the like essence, but they are too literal or whatever. And this one felt so like real and right. Yeah, even though we we watched it dubbed in english yeah um as and so he and he doesn't know japanese he knows korean yeah um 
but he yeah he can just kind of sense he could sense that that it was well translated just in the the way that it was written yeah it felt natural and like yeah a lot of things felt natural like um when just these little just beautiful moments like when the father you know kind of breaks his promise he promised that he was going to be home by a certain time but he has to stay out on the ship he's in the navy he has to stay on the ship like another day or two Mm -hmm. and uh mom lisa is like so mad and she's um you know just like lying on her bed just like so mad at him and then uh sosuke comes up to her and is like um you know uh Ponyo broke her promise to me, but I forgave her or something. Yeah. You know, and sh- and she just hugs him and she's like, you're just so good. And then she sings like this little line mm-hmm. that's like, we're all a happy family or something. Yeah. But she like sings it, but it's not that. It's like something else like happy it's a, times It's a or beautiful something. day or something. Yeah, something like that. I think it was uh, U2, that U2 song. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, actually, I heard that the song that she sings is from My Neighbor Totoro. I read oh. that in the trivia on IMDb. Huh. So I don't know if it's true. It has to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, those little moments, it's just kind of like, you know what I'm saying? It felt very naturalistic. Yeah. Yeah. Very like, uh, like these are real people. This is a real relationship. This is a not just a cut a standard mom. Yeah. This is like a like a full fledged character. Yeah. 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 And I love the way Sosuke loves Ponyo. It's a very selfless love. It's a love that allows her to to completely be herself. It's not a like possessive love. Mm-hmm. You know. What do you mean by that? Like what what are some instances that rep that show that? Like when they're on on the boat and and uh they like see this other this couple with the baby uh-huh. and then she just goes and like it's just really like sweet she like sees the baby crying and it's it's like the first time that she's kind of like seen something a creature upset yeah yeah and and she's like upset by it it's like her mirror neurons are firing and uh-huh. she's like has empathy towards this baby and she wants to help so she like pours this baby some soup you know and like and then the mom has to explain that ba- you know she's too young to eat soup, but if you give it to me, then I'll then it'll help me to make milk. And then she gives her a bunch of like sandwiches and is like, "Here, milk, you know, yeah, make yeah. more Here, milk. Here's some milk <laughs> in know? sandwich form." And like uh, all of this like craziness, you know, Sosuke isn't embarrassed by her. Sosuke isn't trying to like her father would try to rein her in or try yeah, to teach yeah. her something. And he's not like, yeah, he's not embarrassed that she doesn't know about babies and how babies work or that, yeah, you know, they need milk. Yeah. He's not embarrassed by her. Yeah. And I liked, um, you know, sometimes in movies, there are moments where you expect something to happen. Mm-hmm. And then just the fact that it doesn't happen sticks out to you mm-hmm. as like a conscious choice totally. by the writer. Yeah. So there at the very end when uh, Ponyo is back in like little form mm-hmm. in, in the bubble, like the, he did the test already and uh, Grand Mammary. Mm-hmm. Uh, says Ponyo, come here, uh, and she looks like she's a little nervous, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like hiding by Sosuke behind him, and she like kind of peeks out, and then she looks over at him, and then looks back at Grand Mammary, 
and then she slowly starts to like make her way towards Grand Mammary. Uh-huh. Um I thought that that Sosuke was going to like look at her and be like, "Yeah, go ahead. It's okay." Mm-hmm. And like reassure her. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Yeah. He just looks at her and looks at Grand Mammary. He's not influencing her decision at at all, yeah. you know. Yeah. Which I thought I thought it was like a conscious decision because I don't know. I I just felt like that was going to happen and then it didn't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So. And it, it 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 shows that he is letting her be independent. Yeah. Totally. Mhm. Mm. I also love Grand Mammary or whatever, whatever <laughs> she's called. She's the goddess of mercy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's said in the Wikipedia page in the summary uh that Sosuke's dad, who I don't remember his name because he's not important in the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Voiced by Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, recognizes her as the goddess of mercy. Yeah, he, he says, says Oh, that. it's the goddess of yeah. mercy. But no one else rec- No one else calls her that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> she was just very well done in every, in every way. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? That's what I like about her. She was well done. I like her character design. I like how she's animated her voice. Mm-hmm. The th- her wisdom. Yeah. She 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 just kind of like she has this big goddess hand, and uh, Fujimoto's freaking out, and she just kind of like puts him like in her like transparent hand, and just says, "Chill out." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she yeah. says, "Be calm. Uh-huh. It's gonna be okay." Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's an interesting relationship that she has with Fujimoto Mm because it's not really like they're married. She's Mm. this omnipotent, like, goddess, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. And he's a slightly bumbling, Mm -hmm. but also kind of of a pretty boy. Yeah. But I sense that he's actually a good father. Yeah, yeah. I, I sense that he definitely loves Ponyo. Yeah. And wants the best for her. Yeah. He's just kind of unsure about this whole her going off on her own thing. He doesn't think she's ready. Yeah. yeah. And he thinks that that her power, she's too powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you can think of? Um, Roger Ebert really liked this movie a lot. He gave it four out of four stars. Oh, wow. <coughs> and he... This quote I'm going to say is how I feel about the movie. He said, There is a word to describe Ponyo, and that word is magical. This poetic, visually breathtaking work by the greatest of all animators has such deep charm that adults and children will both be touched. It's wonderful and never even seems to try. It unfolds fantastically. Never even seems to try. Yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting compliment. Yeah. It's just so effortlessly magical. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's. It seems like it just kind of fl- like it just flowed out of, of Miyazaki's heart. Gurgled out of his heart. Yeah, yeah just kind of ponyoled out of his heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good description of it. Do you think that? Um, do you think that maybe the test was so easy because she's the goddess of mercy? So she's oh. being merciful. She's like, you know, she she's not. Hmm. He loves her, and she can tell because she's a goddess, and she can tell his true intent. Yeah, and that's all. That's all she needs. Yeah, she's just merciful. She just wants what's best for Ponyo. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice thought. I hadn't made that connection. 
Mm-hmm. I like that thought. Yeah. Um, you know, in order to make the love test like more uh, nail bitey, you would have had to give Sosuke something like have another kind of alternate goal that he's going for and then have to have him choose between her and, you know, yeah, Ponyo like he in can, this other he thing. He can either love Ponyo. Um, he can either love Ponyo and his mom dies. Yeah. Or not love her and he and his mom lives. But there's a sense that that would have made the story, like, darker. Yeah. And just, Yeah. There's something refreshing about how pure his love for her is that nothing could, nothing even really could tempt him. Like, nothing throughout the whole movie even is tempting for him to, like, be selfish in any way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just a really pure, good movie. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. So... Should we go to the superlative corner? I think we should. Let me uh, let me get my coat on. Thusly. Let me get my coat on. Oh yeah, it's cold up there. Okay. Let me put my boots on. I'm gonna put a poncho in case it's dripping. Huh. Uh-huh. Huh. Okay, I got my boots on. Alright, here's my poncho. Well, that's a really high tech poncho. Yeah, it in, it's inflatable. Uh-huh, and kind of goopy. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. The goop really seals it. Insul- so. It's called insulating... Uh, slop. <laughs> yeah, insulation slop. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Flum, 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 flum. Wow. Okay, we're here. We're here. (laughs) Wait, let me pick this up, get it out of the way. (sighs) Okay. I was going to help you, but you got it. Nah, it wasn't that heavy. Oh, look, it's screwing off. Oh, there it goes. Okay, climbing up the wall. And it's over the wall. (laughs) Okay, it flew off. And then the pterodactyl... Grabbed it. I th- did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, We're here. here. Look at this place. Wow, yeah. It's good to be back. I already have what I think it is. I don't think that we've used this on another one, but I think it's the cutest Studio Ghibli movie. Shut up. I won't. What about My Neighbor Totoro? I think it's cuter, and I don't think we said cutest for that. Yeah, but do you think My Neighbor Totoro is cuter? No, no. I think that... Ponyo is the cutest. But think, okay, but seriously, let's put on our brain caps because in My Neighbor Totoro, yeah. one Rene- of those girls, Totoro. her name is May. I remember the character's named May. Yeah. She's oh, younger. Look at, look at you. You remembered her name. Well, I uh, follow. Braggart. There's this My Neighbor Totoro themed restaurant that I follow on Instagram. <laughs> and sometimes there's like, you know, dishes that are named after the characters. Yeah. And so I remember that. Her That's name cute. Is Where is that? <laughs> it's cute. It's actually in not Japan. Oh, that place. We live there. <laughs> yeah, we live. Yeah, it's in not Japan. <laughs> so right up our alley. It's in like some crazy country like Indonesia. Oh, really? It's not in the U.S. or? No, it's in some 
some weird, wacko. some crazy country no one's ever heard of, like <laughs> like Indonesia. Yeah. Name the Just capital. Kidding. Of Indonesia. I've heard of Indonesia. Indonesia is like name the capital. The I think Indonesia is the place on earth I would like to live the least. Really? Why? Well, it's got maybe, a lot of maybe trash. that's not true. Uh, just watching some documentaries and stuff. There's just a. It's just kind of like an amoral hellscape. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's really strong mean. words. Yeah, Scott. that's really mean to me to say. I take it back. There's probably a lot of beautiful forests and stuff. Yeah, I we just might have listeners there, Scott. Apologize. Traumatizing stuff. And then I watched an episode of West Wing where they were trashing on it too, and it just reinforced how Indonesia so you is. Don't, so you think that you wouldn't like Indonesia because a bunch of people told you that you won't. Yeah, a bunch of white males. Scott, go. you got to go visit. You got to give them a chance. Yeah, you're right. You know, I got to give them a chance. I'm trying to find out where this restaurant is. It doesn't matter. Um, that reminded me of something, though. Did you know that the city in Ponyo is the port town is based on a real place? Um... Oh, yeah, it's a place that Miyazaki visited, and it's like a national park. Yeah, it's called uh, Tomono, wait, Tomono Ura, Tomono Ura, Tomono Ura, formerly known as Tomonotsu, oh. Tomonotsu, uh, and it's a port, um, 14 kilometers south of Fukuyama Station, wherever that is, uh, southern point of the Numakuma Peninsula, so... All you Japan geography nerds out there will know exactly where I'm talking about. But yeah, looking at a picture of it, it looks, it's got a very distinct round harbor, uh-huh. you know. Oh, uh, yeah. It, yeah. T- it definitely looks like the town in Ponyo. Tomono Ura. Yeah. yeah. Um, this restaurant is called May's Garden House Restaurant. Uh-huh. And it's in Bangkok, Thailand. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, do they run a tight ship on their Instagram? They run a tight Instagram ship. Yeah, well, there's this fried rice with seafood in Tom Yam Kung flavor, and that looks tasty. Uh, let me look at it and make a noise so you can know. So you can kind of feel what it tastes like. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Looks fresh. So it's like those flavors. Got like some cucumber slices next to it and some greenery and. And some scrimps. Some scrimps up on it, a little pile of fried rice. Oof. So the flavor of this got captured on film and digitized, and then it got turned into an emotion in Aaron's body that got turned into an audio that's going into your ears. So hopefully you can taste the flavor of that <laughs> through Aaron's <laughs> audio reaction. Yeah. Wow, that's really conceptual. Well, you know how my the brain flavor, works. The flavor uh, <laughs> got emitted by light, by photons, which were captured by a camera. <laughs> well, like... the No, the flavors... You can kind of see how delicious it is. The flavors, and therefore the deliciousness, are determined by the chemical structure of it, which is also... Um, which also determines what color and shape it's in, yeah. which is then placed on a plate, and then the light bounces off of those colors and shapes. And then our eyeballs can eyeball taste it. Yes, but only after it's captured by a camera and sent through space into your phone. Yeah. Then our eyeballs capture it, and yeah. then my brain goes, ooh. 
and then that and comes then out it my makes mouth. That sound come out of your vocal cords, and then it goes in, in through these wires into this through the wires machine. into the computer through space onto our listeners' phones through their yes. ear holes, and yes. then they hear the vibrations, and it makes their tummies go. Mm. Yeah, you know how my brain works. Sometimes normal things strike me as quite odd. Yeah. For example, <laughs> we're in church today, and I looked over at my baby niece named Ponyo. <laughs> and she was just sitting, uh, sitting pretty on on uh, her mother's lap, mm-hmm. and I just thought, here is a here is a f- human female, basically bald, with this weird <laughs> ribbon on her head, just kind of sitting on another human, like looking around, doesn't have language. Anyway, it just struck me as very odd, uh-huh. but it's not; it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's so normal that you can't even make it sound odd. I can't even make it sound odd. <laughs> Anyways, wh- wh- where are we right now? Oh, we're on the superlative corner. Oh, that's where we are. That's right. May Which, is you know, it's a bit of a misnomer because I'm sitting here. It is a dome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no cornery. There's no angles. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not only a dome. It's a f- straight up sphere. Yeah. There are no corners in this space. Yeah, we really should call it superlative dome. Yeah, or sphere. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So here in the superlative sphere, uh-huh. uh, I'm going to say that May in My Neighbor Totoro, I recall her being quite cute. Yeah, she is she cuter than Ponyo, though? I don't think so. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think Ponyo point. is cuter and then you got Sos- Sosuke who's cute as a straight up bug. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then I think it's I think cute the old as some ladies, kind of an insect. The old ladies are cute. You got all the little Ponyos. They are cute. All right. This is the cutest one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter cuz we forget what we say for each movie anyway. So uh-huh. <laughs> we might have said cutest for my neighbor Totoro too, but who knows? I th- we might have actually. <coughs> mm-hmm. Well, if, if we did, so, it's this dethroned. One, yeah, it's dethroned. Yeah, we'll have to go through sometime and find all of them. We're uh, not going to. Yeah, maybe we'll have one of our really dedicated fans make a like a Wikipedia page. Yeah, Craig. Yeah, he's our biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the sounds of it, not much going on in his life. Yeah, he's got time. Yeah, he's got time. Mm-hmm. So, Craig, if you're out there, put down those Cheetos. Yeah. And uh, pick up those Doritos. Yeah. Because <laughs> we all know Doritos is the snack for productivity. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Doritos, actually. Yeah, I do too. I think they're my favorite of those trashy chips. Yeah, I made a falafel salad the other day. Mm hmm. Everything about it was classy. And uh, then I put Doritos in it. And it made it better? And it tasted good. <clears throat> yeah. But you've you've realized about yourself. I, th- haven't you said in the past that you think you have bad taste in food? Like you don't have classy taste? Like, um, Or or have you uh I have okay, I have okay your... taste in food. There's just some... I think when I, what I was saying was there are some foods that people... People act like they can discern like vast discrepancies in quality. For example, pho. Uh-huh. 
uh-huh. they'll be like, oh, this pho place is good and that pho place is bad and that pho place is whatever. Every pho place I've been to, it tastes good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's maybe where I was getting at. But I like good food. Yeah, you do. You know? That's why I follow a friggin' Bangkok restaurant on Instagram. Well, it's mostly because you like Studio Ghibli. Yeah, but it's a really cute restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it has good food. Yeah, it does. So this is the cutest. Shall we go <coughs> to the um, superlative... The aptly named Superlative su- Corner Corner. Superlative Sphere Corner. Yes, renamed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this, yeah, let's go and... and, uh, and I can't imagine something more cornery than this corner. Okay, let me try to kind of climb up... It's actually at an acute angle. Let me climb up the slick walls of this of this du- of this sphere. Okay. Oh man, why do we oil up the inside of the sphere? <laughs> it's strange that we do that. But we got to. Yep. I'm um, right here with you. Okay. Well, let's shuffle over. Okay, squeeze into this corner. This is pro- this is Craig's favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah, man, this is really like the epitome of a corner. Yeah. It's like just three walls coming in at an angle. Yeah. Yeah. Very cornery. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> this uh, superlative corner was the convolutedest. The, the yeah. Uh, I feel like we've had very convoluted ones in the past, though. Yeah. What was it? The ten, it, was, it maybe was the tangentially tangentialist. Maybe. Although we've probably done that before, too. But I think we've outdone ourselves talking about Bangkok and who knows what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sure. Tangentialist. Yeah, tangentialist. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to let's our... Let's get out of here. Yeah, Kalunk. Uh-huh. That was the sound of us tr- dropping down to the... Dropping the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there to say about this movie? I think we covered it all. Where Where does it rank for you? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Thanks. You know, I th- it doesn't rank as high on my list. Uh, why is it number two hey, for that's you? Okay, it's, it's it's higher than Spirited Away. It's higher than you know. It's indescribable. Like I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain. Why. Is it because it's so cute? It's so it's so magical for me. It's so beautiful f- to me. Yeah. And uh, I w- I've been excited about this one for like four weeks. You've been excited about this about today. I've been like, yeah. I've been like, when are we doing Ponyo? Yeah. You know, and when we finally did the last one, I was like, yes, we're doing Ponyo next. <laughs> are you, are you, do you feel like we've done it justice? Have we covered everything that you love about it? We ha- have we successfully communicated your love for this movie? I think we, we have. I mean, part of it is just in, it's just like I said, it's ineffable. Uh, you, you can't, can't F, F that. No, yeah. cannot F it. Um, so. Wait, ineffable. What does that mean? I you, know the word, but... You can't put it into words. Uh, okay. My love for it is ineffable. Yeah. Well, and so suffice. And so we've done the, the best that we can. Yeah. It's insufficeable. Put it into a sound. Uh, an onomatopoeia. Uh, okay. So I'll do a sound, and then you make that sound into an onomatopoeia. Okay? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> mm, okay. The onomatopoeia for that would be... 
Ha. <laughs> no, it would be it would be like hop or something. It would be not hop, it would be hup. Uh-huh. Hup. No, hup is a little bit like kind of uncertain, I think. Here, let me give you a better sound. Okay. <laughs> that uh, I don't like that sound. <laughs> okay. That's okay. a bad sound. I'll give you another one. I'm tr- I'm trying to make it more like complex, you know. Make it complex, but make it true, Scott. That oh, was man. that was not true. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna sing the little ditty to get me in the mood. Pon yo pon yo pon yo fishy in the sea. Ah, oh, okay. Um, aru. Uh huh. That's good. What about like parump? Parump. No, that sounds like, mm, uh-huh. like I don't like it. Yeah, that's true. Peru? What, what did you say? Peru. 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 I don't know if we're going to get there, Scott. <laughs> this, this seems like it's too hard. Per- it was a good idea, but I don't think we're going to get there. You know there. what? This movie makes me feel like Peri Peru. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good enough. Yeah, we did it. Uh, for Onomatopoeia, me... uh Attic. Let's see. Does it does it crack my top three? Uh, which would be Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, and Only Yesterday. No, it doesn't. Yeah, doesn't crack my that's top three. I don't know if that's in order. Um, I don't know, but that's the top three for me. Mm-hmm. Let me think about it for a second. Yeah, yeah, that's my top three. Yeah. Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke. Only yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so where's Ponyo? Below. It's maybe four, four or five. Mm-hmm. Maybe four. Let me think. Yeah. I think it's four. I can't think of any that would. You liked it quite a bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Are you satisfied? Yeah. Okay. I think it's good if we disagree. I mean, if we have different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hated it. It was the worst. Well, not that much. It was stupid. We it should, was a stupid little like fish girl. We should have some diversity. What's her the even? Two of what's us. her deal? Was, she was just flopping. It's like pff, I could do that. <laughs> All right, actually, you know what? I take it back. That's great. <laughs> now we're talking diversity. Diverse it up. <laughs> I can't keep that up, Scott. I loved it. I love this movie. Oh. There goes our diversity. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I was thinking, Scott. Yeah. We've been trying to get our jibblers to go to bed for what? Like 16 episodes now. And it's just not working. It's not working. They write in and say, we're up all night thinking about your fresh facts, Uh your superlatives. What shape is that corner? Is it a corner even? Yeah. They're just worried. Hopefully we put that to bed. Scratching their noggins till they get straight up trichotillomania, Uh which means you pull your hair out. Oh. Yeah. There's your vocab for the the episode. Yeah. Chewing on fresh vocabs. Uh, Effable. Uh Uh-huh. That's another one that we threw at you. We slapped it down. Uh Uh-huh. So I was thinking, what if we come up with some useful... Rhymes. Oh. For them to help them go to bed. That's what they've been needing is a rhyme. We're really good at this. We are. Okay. So what is uh what is something that we've been trying to get them to do? 
yeah, what's uh let's let's do this. What's an important thing to do before bed? Uh plan for your ne- plan for the day tomorrow. What's an important thing to do before bed? Get the uh get the cobwebs out of your head. Uh-huh. Um think about tomorrow and write it down. <laughs> and then then you'll know that you won't be a clown. Or if there's a birthday party, make sure to schedule the clown. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Very specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> I don't think people hire clowns anymore for birthday parties. If a good scent is is uh, your near your nose. Near your nose. <laughs> ignore it. And... Uh, Make sure you've chose to go to sleep instead, you silly goose. <laughs> well, I was going for like chamomile tea <laughs> is a good thing. Okay. Chamomile tea is a good thing. To help you sleep and... To you, the Z's, it will bring. The Z's. Yeah, the, the Z's. Yeah, not disease. Yeah, yeah. We might want to change that because it does sound like disease. Yeah. Or the d- the disease of slumber. Chamomile tea is an important fact. <laughs> <laughs> is chamomile tea a fact or is it a tea? Oh, yeah. <laughs> chamomile tea is a good sleep aid. <laughs> Drink it down and you'll be amazed at how quickly you fall into a Haze. disease. <laughs> Into a sleep haze. We're so good at this. I can't even believe it. (laughs) (laughs) We could probably go on for a long time. I don't know if other people are as abused as we are about this. If you're not sleepy, drink a good sleep tea. (laughs) (laughs) Like chamomile or mint. (laughs) Um, then... It's a freebie. <laughs> wow, we're getting experimental with our rhyme schemes, too. If sheep don't work when you're counting, grab a goat. And... and <laughs> you'll be flaunting. <laughs> it's a, a, a fun part of rhyme making is you set up a rhyme and then your 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 friend has to finish it, but you make it hard for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If if you've tried sheep's goats and dogs, but your but your sleep your, oh, organs oh, still are but clogged. Your knees aren't sawing logs. <laughs> oh, oh, I like that because sawing is like yeah, and that's a thing. Like in cartoons, it'll be like like sawing a log when they're asleep. Uh huh. Oh, so what do we say? If you d- if, if you've, you've tried, tried sheep's sheep, goats, and, goats dogs, and dogs, but your Z's aren't sawing logs. Grab yourself a, s- a chamomile <laughs> and drink it down like your last meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of rhyming meal with meal. Yeah, but it's spelled differently. Mm-hmm. And and a thousand winks you will steal. Ooh, that's good. Okay. Oh, so we got it. This is what we usually, usually kind of circles around until yeah. we, we land on the good Crystallized one. one. Yeah. yeah. So if you've tried... <laughs> <laughs> if you've tried sheep's goats and dogs... 
but your Z's aren't sawing logs. <laughs> Grab yourself Self some chamomile. A th- and a thousand winks you, you soon will steal. Oh, man. That is gold in the gold bank. Yeah. so that, that is gold in Gringotts Bank. Straight up goblins up in there. So that's good because it has a few different uh, uh, pieces of advice. First, try to count sheep. Sheep. If that, if that doesn't, doesn't work, work, move on to goats. Move on to goats. <laughs> then dogs. Try some dogs. Different breeds of dogs. Yeah. Tons there. Tons of Pomeranian? Dogs. You could try. Is that a dog? That's a dog. Yeah. Mm, fluffy little guy. Yeah. Uh, and then if that still doesn't work and your Z's aren't Go through a few breeds. Logs, yeah. Uh, then get up. Go to the kitchen, make yourself a glass of tea, of a mug of warm tea. chamomile tea with some honey in it, and then you'll steal those winks. Yep. Mm-hmm. From Gringotts Binks. Yeah. Whoa. We're, yeah. It's a bit of a... Riff. Yeah. A bit of a slant rhyme for bank. Bink. Yeah. That's bonus content. <coughs> yeah. Well... So you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Good night. Good night and good luck. Mm-hmm. Email us if you have any other sleep hygiene tips. We're very passionate about sleep hygiene. It's very important. Yeah, I'd say number two behind Studio Ghibli on my list of priorities is sleep hygiene. I was actually thinking we should do a spinoff podcast that's just about sleep hygiene. <laughs> it could be called uh, Sheep, Goats, Thou- and Dogs. Oh, or what about Thousand Winks? Oh, that's good. I like that better. Yeah. Thousand Winks. Is that a real thing that people say, or did I make that up? Uh, definitely, like, Steal grabbing winks, winks or stealing. Something about winks, yeah. Yeah. Because uh-huh. if you add enough winks up, then it equals eyes closed. If you do a bunch of winks all in a row with without completing the any of them, <laughs> <laughs> then that's basically just your eyes are closed. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Whoever came up with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's like that. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're like. <laughs> Genetically engineered rhyme freaks. <laughs> Petri dish emerging. We're freaks of nature. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary how good. Yeah, 